Hey everyone, welcome to Taking the Pulse, a healthcare and life sciences podcast. I am Heather Hoops Matthews here in the studio today with Matthew Roberts, healthcare attorney with Nexon Pruitt. Good to be with you, Matthew. Good to see you. Matthew, in the Carolinas, specifically maybe let's talk about South Carolina, where is healthcare growing? Well, we see a lot of growth throughout the state, but the explosive growth has been along the coast, you know, going from you know, down at Hilton Head, moving all the way up to Myrtle Beach. And, uh, you know, our guest today is an example of the, the rapid growth in some of these coastal markets. Mm-hmm. And how you have to adapt. Correct. So with us after this short break will be Brian Argo. He is a leader with Conway Medical Center and will join us to discuss the trends in the growing health care landscape in Horry County and the greater Grand Strand. So stay with us on Taking the Pulse. Welcome back, everyone. Joining us today on Taking the Pulse is Brian Argo. He is the Chief Financial Officer and President of Provider Network Services at Conway Medical Center, a nonprofit, full-service hospital serving the needs of Horry County and the surrounding communities. The center employs over 1,500 people with 200 physicians representing 30 specialties. Brian, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Can you start by just giving us an overview of Conway Medical Center and how long it's been operating in Horry County? Yeah, Conway Medical Center has been operating in Horry County for over 90 years. We're really looking forward to our 100th anniversary here in the next seven years. And we're a 210-bed hospital with 12 rehab beds and over 40 outpatient locations. Uh, In the past three years, we've doubled our employed medical staff to about 100 providers and continue to add additional specialties to Horry County. Brian, at, with all the deep groups the Grand Strand, uh, in the Grand Strand area that Conway has, how have you worked to maintain that patient relationship, considering you are the original provider of healthcare services in the county? Yeah, well, you know, we are the only nonprofit hospital headquartered in Horry County, first of all, and I think that's really important. And what that does is it really gives us a heart for hospitality. And and here at Conway Medical Center, we really look to differentiate the care by adding that special special touch. And and I think that our organization, while we have the benefit of a rapidly growing area, has done a good job of focusing on our patients and the patient experience, whether that be from a brand new app and, and having access to care right in the palm of your hand, or whether that be on looking for ways to expand our call center in order to meet those needs. Um, One of the things that I'm very proud of is our Conway Medical Center Foundation, and and our foundation works very hard in conjunction with our hospital to reach our community in in many different ways. A couple of ways is um, by packing smart snacks for children, and I think that we serve over four schools and over 800 students each and every week, and I think that's one of the ways that our organization gives back to our community in a way that's outside of our normal scope of of care uh, and outside of the care that we provide each and every day is really giving back to the community. That's really impressive. That's a large ask each and every week. Oh, it is. It is. Especially in an area that's one of the fastest growing in South Carolina. I expect that that provides both challenges and opportunities. Could you share some insight here on that? Yeah, we're extremely fortunate to be in, in one of the second in the second fastest growing metropolitan statistical area in the country. And that does. It has benefits and it also has some challenges. Our population growth here in Horry County 
has gone up 30% since 2010. And with that, we've seen a lot of folks relocating from the Midwest and, and the Northeast. And, and really that number is almost 32%. And I think you know nothing comes fast in healthcare historically, but what we've really tried to focus on is maintaining our quality and bringing state-of-the-art technology to our to Horry County in our growing environment, but really focusing on some of the rural areas. So what often gets left behind in the statistics that we are such a fast growing area is, you know, 18% of folks in Horry County still live below the poverty line. That far exceeds South Carolina's average and that far exceeds the national average. And what we do is we look to bring care to some of those folks in, in lots of different ways, whether that be through our health outreach program in conjunction with our Conway Medical Center Foundation, whether that be going out and writing grants so that we can bring telehealth to some of the rural areas. I think that's a couple of ways that we have, have focused on doing that. I think additionally, you know, finding ways to uh, provide care to the rapidly growing population without maximizing provider burnout. So you hear a lot right now about uh, physician burnout, nursing burnout, and for us, we're trying to leverage care in different ways. And what I mean by that is some of those things that we talked about, telemedicine. So, you know, follow-up visits via telemedicine and not necessarily face-to-face. -face. And then also, you know, trying to reach out to those patients via technology through our portal, um, prescription refills and those sorts of things, which kind of minimize the, the personal touch in ways that can be problematic, but also speed up the care delivery system for those patients. Well, Brian, we'd be remiss now if we didn't talk about COVID um, and the impact that that's had on Conway Medical Center uh, through you know this pandemic from its start through to date. And so how are you doing? How have you done? And, and where do you see this going? It looks like we are in a little better position than we have been in recent months. But give us a little history of your experience, the Conway Medical Center's experience with COVID and where you think you're headed. You know, obviously, COVID's been been problematic for for everyone, and and I think Horry County has been hit specifically hard uh, of late. And and what I mean by that is, you know, six weeks ago, if we were having this conversation, we would have had our all time highs in the hospital with 55, 56 patients hospitalized. Um, today, fortunately, uh, we have ten patients hospitalized with COVID. Um, but what we continue to see is. Uh, an increased need for vaccinations and, and really pushing out that communication um, through our social media platforms, through our website, through um, local news is, is really our message to, to really go out and get vaccinated. We know that it really truly does help and it, and it matters. And, and for us, you know, we've really focused on um, providing access to testing as well. So vaccinations are one thing, but really uh, we have done over 30,000 free COVID tests here on our facility. Uh, we transitioned part of our administrative building right here on our hospital campus to do nothing but COVID testing. And I think that's really been a benefit to the community that has been impactful and has helped raise awareness. Uh, I think additionally, when we look at, at COVID and we start talking about healthcare heroes, for us, healthcare heroes are more than just doctors and nurses, and I think sometimes that gets lost. It's, it's the dietary staff that's putting on the PPE to go into the rooms and, and serve the meals to these folks. It's the cleaning staff that are going into the rooms to, to clean. It's the lab techs that are running the tests behind the scenes. And so 
you know, for us, we're really trying to focus on how we can um, say thank you and continue to acknowledge our healthcare heroes, not just the frontline nurses and doctors that are actually treating these patients. How has it been with your, your employed um, workforce with vaccinations and, and testing? Have, have you been able to, to get most folks vaccinated and, and are most folks receptive to the concept? I mean, now we have the, the mandate, which is, is, is imposed now on all hospitals. But up until that, how, how has it been with your workforce? Yeah, so our workforce is just a, just a tad under 80% vaccinated right now. Obviously, the new mandate did come out, and we're in the process of rolling that communication out to all our employees. I think they have till January 4th to be fully vaccinated. Uh, I think right now the remaining 20% are they're a very passionate bunch about, you know, whether they either have had COVID and they don't believe they have to be vaccinated or they don't want to be vaccinated at all. I think for us, it's continuing to push that message out and continuing to work with ways to protect our employees, to care for our patients. And then how do we, how do we disseminate that information and make it easy for them to get vaccinated? Mm-hmm. I, I was reading an article, Brian, it was in another area, but it was on a provider trying to think of creative ways to recruit healthcare workers. And to your point, not just doctors and nurses, but, you know, the wide variety, because the pandemic has been heavy on everyone. And there's a concern that some people will just say, you know what, I need to change careers. I just oh, yeah. need a break. Exactly. Yes. Is that, you know, something y'all are thinking about as well? Yeah, I think it's something that we deal with each and every day. And, you know, right now we're seeing turnover rates in in some areas upwards of 35 and 40 percent, which is really unsustainable for us. I think some of the things that we've been looking to do creatively is partner with our local community college. So we have Ori Georgetown Technical College right here in our backyard. And we've been talking to their leadership team with our leadership team about how we can expand those programs here at Conway Medical Center. I think in order for us to um, prepare for the future, we have got to continue to educate the future uh, workforce. And again, that's more than just nurses and doctors. For us, we've been focusing on some of those higher need positions that are sometimes overlooked. Or Georgetown Technical College is about to start a, a, um, a lab technician program, which is really important behind the scenes work that is happening and has only increased in demand due to the additional testing and and COVID requirements. So I think, you know, for us, it's continuing to work with those local partners. Also, if you see Coastal Carolina University announced a new health and human sciences uh, college to open in July of 2022. And and I think they also recognize the need that, that this area is rapidly growing and that we need to continue to educate the future workforce here. I think additionally, we have seen folks just kind of throw their hands up and say, you know what, I'm going to leave the healthcare industry altogether. I'm going to get out. I'm going to focus in another area. It's been particularly stressful over time. And I think, I think one of the things that we need to look for, look for and continue to focus on are other specialties at other schools. And so what I mean by that is, you know, looking to some of our technical colleges, looking to some of our our traditional four-year institutions to bring in some more business-minded folks into the healthcare entity to help us focus on additional efficiencies because the labor workforce is going to be tight for some time, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And that'll help 
students in your area, young people in your area who might not consider healthcare as a profession just because they think nurse or doctor and that's not me. They may not know there's a whole back office oh, and you know, tremendous amount of opportunity. Right. So that's, that's great that you're starting there. I mean, that's really, I think one of the biggest solutions you could do. For sure. You, you mentioned the healthcare heroes. Um, tell us a little bit about, um, how your workforce has, um, been resilient and how it stepped up to the task. I mean, some of those folks have been asked to do an awful lot. And how have you gone about um, helping them manage this workload and recognizing them? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that, that we've had to focus on, and traditionally this organization has not had a lot of contract labor. Uh, so temporary workers that are coming into this organization and, and working a contract amount of time. But what we've had to do is, is increase our contract labor significantly in order to make sure that our, that our nurses and, and our labor force can continue to have some work-life balance. I think the volumes that we've seen have been unprecedented and have led to uh, an unprecedented requirement from our, from our staff and from our labor. So we bring these folks in uh, off of contracts, sometimes from California, New York, the middle of the country, and they come in and they integrate into, into our culture. And I think that's the important piece for us is, you know, when we hire folks and when we're bringing in contract labor, we're trying to kind of match that culture that we have here, the very, you know, walk down the hall and, and say hello and, and the very kind of personal aspects of healthcare outside of just treating the patient is, is also kind of treating the soul. And, and I think that's what we will continue to focus on. At our max, we had, I believe, about 60 uh, contract labor uh, people in here helping us care for patients, not just COVID patients, but, you know, we started up a brand new um, PCI program here at Conway Medical Center right in the middle of COVID. And, and it was particularly hard to recruit cath lab staff. And so we brought in some contract labor folks to bring that, that program up. And I think it has presented um, opportunities for us, but also some challenges in trying to uh, manage that staff as well. Mm -hmm. But I can see where if you could retain a longtime employee, you know, who has that heart for hospitality that you mentioned, you know, who knows your culture by by bringing in contractors, spending some more to give them a break. I mean, long term, that again, that yeah, makes sense. retention is important for your key folks. If I can change topics for a, sub yes. for a moment yes. um, on this podcast, we've talked a lot about transparency and pricing like that's coming down the pike um, for hospitals and healthcare providers. Brian, what is Conway Medical Center doing already? And maybe what, you, what are you positioning for in the future with that topic? Yeah, I think, you know, Conway Medical Center has, has prepared obviously for pricing transparency as that's been a hot topic. And, you know, we offer online patient estimation tools on our website and, and some other ways of, you know, making sure that we can get as close as possible to the price that you're going to be paying for those services. But I think what makes it particularly difficult in our industry is exactly understanding what services you're going to receive when you get here. And a good example is, you know, we, we know that if you come in for a knee or a hip replacement, we know how much that implant cost is going to be for you. But what you don't know is, you know, how long is that procedure going to take if they run into any challenges along the way or how many, how many pain meds you're going to need or are you going to stay in the hospital overnight or not based on your body's reaction to the procedures. And, and I think that's what often gets lost in, in pricing transparency is that there's an awful lot of variables in, in healthcare. 
And, and for us, you know, this pandemic has brought across several challenges and one is the supply chain. You know, I, I'm looking at cost of goods sold that, you know, 24, 30 months ago, uh, we were buying gloves and masks and gowns at one price. And those prices have gone up anywhere from two to 400%. Well, if you go to the grocery store and you buy a product off the shelf, you're going to pay more. Here at healthcare, our prices are our prices are fixed. We're not going to get any more money as the cost of goods sold increase. We will continue to be reimbursed by Medicare and Medicaid the same rates. And so I think that's one of the challenges that we've had in healthcare is when you look at the margins, they have only shrunk over time. I think statistically, when you look at the Fitch median margins for nonprofit hospitals, you're looking at 2% or less across the country is the most recent report that came out. Whereas if you look at, you know, Fortune 500 companies right now, which include major pharmaceuticals and insurance companies, their average profit margins over 13%. So nonprofit healthcare is already operating on such slim margins. And I think that's a common mis misconception. One of the other things that, that we have done in order to help improve transparency is really put your care in your hands. And what I mean by that is we launched a brand new Conway Medical Center app uh, which gives you access to uh, your health records, to your billings, to the charges, and those sorts of uh, that sort of information, which has only increased accessibility uh, from a decision-making perspective to the consumer. And Brian, will that allow you to more easily be able to implement or deal with the implementation of the No Surprises Act, which has some transparency aspects to it, but also normalizes some of the dynamics from out-of-network providers. Uh, I presume being in uh, Myrtle Beach where there's a big vacation spot, this, this might end up impacting you more than some other South Carolina hospitals. Yeah, I think that's, I think it absolutely will. And I think that's what we continue to push and, and work towards is making sure that we can put the access to the, to the consumer, give the consumer access to the information in the palm of their hand. Right. Everybody walks around with a cell phone for the most part anymore. And I think that that will help us mitigate some of those uh, possible challenges down the road. Wow, our time has flown by. Uh, Brian Argo, thank you for joining us today. We covered a lot um, in 20 minutes and we're, we're, we appreciate your time there on the coast. Matthew, thank you for being with us again today. Uh, Conway Medical Center in a hotly growing area. Oh, yeah, it's a great example you know, of South Carolina independent hospitals. Yeah, and innovation and changing, sure. but, um, you know, still staying to the roots of Southern hospitality, I guess you would say, right. hospitality at heart, which yes. is one of the things that I love about the state. And for those of you who joined us today, thank you for joining us on Taking the Pulse, a healthcare and life sciences podcast. We hope you enjoyed this conversation, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here. <laughs>